This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. It's hour number two of BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Still to come, we've got a little bit of trend or truth. We will also be sharper when it comes to personnel groupings and if there are coaching mismatches that we should be exploiting for the divisional round. But now let's get into some updated injuries and some line moves. And let's start with the Chiefs and the Bills because we do have a line movement here for BetMGM. Currently, the Bills are now three-point favorites. It is juiced in the Chiefs' direction, but this was at two and a half just earlier today. And when it comes to the injury front, Joe, The Bills are banged up. They have been banged up defensively pretty much all season long. And to me, that's probably that secondary headline when it comes to trying to figure out how this game's going to play out. For sure. Uh, So I didn't see Russell Douglas on the injury report. Mm -hmm. Does that mean he did not play on Monday? So -hmm. that means he's good to go. After the game, he was talking to reporters. He said that he felt that he could have played. They did not put him on the injury report this week. So there's some good news. However, Christian Benford, he did not practice on Wednesday, uh, starting corner. Their starting slot guy, Teron Johnson, he was limited, so unsure. But I think the linebackers are even worse. That's the bad. Mm. Terrell Bernard, he's, he calls all the plays. He's your middle linebacker, not practicing. Uh, he's been bad this year. I don't know what to think about Von Miller. They designated his rest, did not practice. But, you know, he hasn't been out there much. Uh, Dodson, another starting linebacker, he was limited yesterday. So they're, they're in bad shape. Now, it's it's good that it looks like Rasul Douglas is going to make his return. And a, a few weeks ago, they did get Daquan Jones back on the defensive line. But, like, man, they just keep adding up. And uh, the punter didn't practice yesterday. I don't, he, he got through Monday, so I don't know if that's going to be an issue where they bring in a new punter or anything like that. But cluster injuries always a concern and they have them at linebacker and corner okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the cluster injuries, also like these two teams know each other very well. It's interesting, you know, this one will be played in Buffalo, so a little change there um, in this, I guess, rivalry, you can call it. Um, also, like, I was talking about Sneed. I really like that uh, matchup against Diggs. Like, I'm so curious to see how mm. that looks, and I do think it will open things up for Dalton Kincaid. Um, why do I just kind of feel like I like a lot of dogs this weekend? Uh, I, something tells me, you know, the chiefs might just be getting cooking now, even though this hasn't been the same chiefs team. I think I'm going to back the chiefs on the side here. I think when it comes to looking at both offenses, and I actually think this is something that they both have in common where yes, we do trust these quarterbacks a lot but they are also running conservative offenses more so with the bills with joe brady but the chiefs have been running this conservative offense in terms of throwing behind the line of scrimmage believing in yak all of that stuff they've been doing that a good bit more this year just because i don't think they trust those secondary tertiary receivers and targets and options so in that respect i think what's interesting if you're talking about say cluster injuries joe for linebackers and corners that these are going to be guys who have to tackle in the open field can these backups do that if they can't then the chiefs are going to go nuts and it doesn't matter necessarily who the target is it's going to be more about them running being able to get down the sideline and get chunk plays that way i don't necessarily expect really either offense now they're going to have their chances but i'm not expecting either offense to to chuck at 20 plus air yards every other pass that I don't think is something that's reasonable. But what I do think will happen is, you know, little dump off to Travis Kelsey, little dump off yes. to, you know, Shakir, something like that. And then it's going to be up to linebackers and defensive backs for both defense to be able to tackle these guys in the open field. They can't do it. That's going to be the offense that's more successful. Oh, by the way, Gabe Davis did not practice either. Um, mm -hmm. And I say that because you mentioned Shakir and I'm thinking, oh, you mean the Bills best receiver? Cause it's not right. Stephon oh, yeah. Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying it's not Diggs. Yeah. He hasn't had a hundred yard game in over three months. Like the, right. the guy's on a milk carton. I don't know what's happened to that guy. 
he he's not even close to the same player that he was last year. Like, I don't even consider him a number one anymore. I don't. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because, like, I want to play the under. And everything we're talking about, I think we're, we're leaning, we're talking about reasons the under gets home. But, mm-hmm. you know, are they hurting so bad defensively where KC kind of has a bit of an explosion offensively that we have not seen? A lot this year that that concerns me, but these this matchup, like both sides should be leaning on the run a little bit, right? Like that's what you do mm-hmm. against Kansas City, and you've got James yeah. Cook and and Josh Allen. Like they've been leaning into that as is, and then the matchup is telling them to do that. And then what we're saying about these linebackers for the Bills, it should be a Pacheco game, it should be a Kelsey mm-hmm. Pacheco game. A lot of this is clock keeps on moving and maybe lower scoring than we're expecting. I think the same, Joe. I was also wondering like about a first half under, like maybe, you know, the Bills defense can, you know, hang in, but they're just gassed and like the injuries catch up to them. If you look at the full game Um, and plus the chiefs, I mean, it's just like, we always say it, you can't count now Pat Mahomes. Right. And the way Rasheed Rice is playing, you know, maybe they are able to, pull away and put their foot on the gas in that second half. Maybe so. Maybe so. At the same time, as I'm looking at this possibility of leaning on the run game a little bit more, Josh mm-hmm. Allen's longest rush at bed MGM is 12 and a half yards going over is minus Ooh. 130. Any takers? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Love that. Like that 50 plus yard run against the Steelers. I think that could happen again. Like when we were talking yeah. about like playoff leaders rushing all that stuff, like Josh Allen's got a great argument to be had. Like especially if the Bills make it to the Super Bowl, then they have a fourth game, so that matters too. But I think he could break free again against this Chiefs mm-hmm. run defense again. Uh-huh. Oh, and by the way, when they played about a month ago, James Cook went off. Yeah, on the ground and through the air. So, man. Did you think that Bills Chiefs, the focus would be on the running backs? But that's where I'm at with these two teams right now. That's fair. It's completely fair. 13 and a half longest rush for James Cook at minus 110 for Ben MGM. Hmm. What do we think about that? I'd I'd rather play Allen. Yeah. What about rush plus receiving for James Cook? Uh, That that would be 81 and a half. 81 and a half. I like that. I like that too. Mm Mm-hmm. Not opposed to that one. Not opposed to that one no. at all. Because as good as as good as Cook was against the Chiefs last game, he did not get to this number on the ground. It was more through the air. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the combo yep. is probably the way to go. Sure. sure. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, Paul, for sure. How about we stay in the AFC and talk about the Texans and the Ravens? This one is especially interesting uh, in large part because, yes, the spread has been moving. Right now it's at 9.5. Uh, the Ravens are favorites. Uh, with a total of 43 and a half, there may be a little bit of wet weather in Baltimore. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but on the injury front, Mark Andrews is back full participant wow. at practice. And so he is trending toward playing boys and girls. So well, that one is interesting. And for those who give a hoot, this one, I find lots of fun. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, may be suiting up and he may be ready to go for the Ravens on Saturday. Now, like there, there may be some props posted that that might be intriguing. I don't know, like, you know, active status, all that stuff, but 
you know they're going to lean on the run game, and if the Ravens do pull away, maybe that's when Dalvin Cook gets his time. So what do you guys think? Not interested. I've, <laughs> you, you can't hurt me if I don't bet it. You can't hurt me anymore. I, I have no idea where the, where the Ravens are going with the run game. Okay, so uh-huh. I'm done. I'm done playing that game of whack-a-mole. Like, I don't know when it looks like it's going to be a game for this guy. It isn't. Oh, this is a, a Gus Bus game. It isn't. Like they find ways to surprise you. So I'm not. I'm not playing that game of Ravens running backs. Which one it's going to be anymore? I don't care. Matchup wise, and the matchup isn't even that good. Even though the Ravens can pretty much run on anybody, like, the Texans have been great against the run. Now injury report. I don't know if this is a thing, how real this is, but it got my attention. Three of the four starters on the Texans defensive line did not practice yesterday. So I'm like, but wait a second. But most of them practiced on the day before, on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So what was yesterday about rest? Was it about, is this legit? Are they just giving them all a day off together? What's going on here? Because... As Aaron mentioned, they played well against the run over the last couple months, for sure. Um, one of the best in the league. And now three of their starters now practicing. That's concerning. And we have seen Will Anderson miss some time over the last couple months. I think Will Anderson will be fine. I'm wondering if it's just about rest and maybe not look too far into it, but it is a concern. Uh, I was also wondering when you mention, you know, rest, you look at the Ravens, they haven't played in almost what, three weeks or so. It's been a while. Uh, could mm-hmm. they come out slow? Could a first half under be in play here? Cause that total is about the same as the last game. There's 20, there's a 22 and a half. There's a 20 and a half. There's 21 and a half out there. It's kind of all over the place, but I was wondering if maybe we get a little bit of a slower start or is all this rest great for the Ravens and they just come out guns blazing but i would tend to think maybe a little bit of a slower start in cold baltimore i'm thinking faster start with all of this prep work and they know they're going to face the texans they've got all this additional time to be prepared for them and they have time to add their own wrinkles offensively and they can practice those things and so i i think in that regard I, I would not make a first half under bet just believing that they're going to have a slower start. Otherwise, you know, they'd, they'd want to be playing games and things like that. And, you know, most teams would rather get the rest and be healed up, ready to go for a game like this, where, look, it could be a track meet. Like, even despite the weather, look, C.J. Stroud and company, like, that passing attack may have been unearthed. It, it may be that explosive. And so it may be uh, up to the Ravens to keep up. And I think they can. I absolutely think they can. Uh, but at the same time, that's why, like, you know, all those practices matter a great deal and why adding those additional wrinkles against a, a Texans pass defense they feel they can exploit, regardless of if the pass rushers are 100% or not, this is something where it's not a bet I would make at the very least. I'm expecting the Ravens to be ready to go and play quickly for a full 60 minutes. I'm sure some of this stuff will come up with Trender Truth because there's a lot of Lamar stuff floating out there. And True. one of them is when Lamar is extra rest. Not good. Is that exactly. a thing? I, I've seen the Ravens completely no-show and shock the yeah. world. So it wouldn't well, surprise me if something weird happens. It's They've Lamar's, done it before. And Lamar's no-showed in playoffs. Like, he's got to slay that dragon. This is this is on him. Um, 
but I do have the same reaction as Ed. I agree that they're going to be come out to a fast start. But if you are thinking the opposite, I understand why, because history would lean that way. Yeah, I don't know. I, at some point, Lamar Jackson has to turn this around, right? Like, he's just too good a quarterback yeah. to, to be mired in misery in the playoffs. i got to think at some point, like, we're going to see something yeah. absolutely epic from him. So uh, this may be the time to do it. Uh, how about we get to uh, San Francisco hosting the Packers? And this one is interesting in large part because, uh, first off, the public absolutely loves these San Francisco weapons with CMC and Ayuk and Samuel and all that stuff. Uh, we had a Twitter poll yesterday that we posted, which of these position groups left in the playoffs would you power rank the highest? And more than 75% of the vote picked the San Francisco weapons over the Ravens secondary, Kansas City pass rush, and just about any other position group still standing uh, that, that do not involve uh, the quarterbacks. And so in that mm -hmm. respect, when we're looking at, you know, anything involving the injury report, what happens to these weapons and what happens to protecting these weapons, that may be the most important thing in terms of figuring out how this game will play out, Joe. Yes. And for the first time in a long time, we have Packers receivers practicing. Yes. Uh, that was notable. And just as notable, Jair Alexander did not. Mm -hmm. So now we're back to that. Um, if you're going to go into this game without Jair Alexander, it's going to look like the Packers that we Not saw everybody. a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a wrap early. Like the over might be a wrap. The San Francisco cover might be a wrap pretty early on in this one. Um, so injury front, bad. Uh, Jair Alexander, that's no good. Um, Dylan's not practicing. So, you know, you can run on the Niners. Like, I try not to get caught up in the moment of what we just saw, but feels like the Packers are going to have to go to Aaron Jones a lot. Like, they need him to have a big game. Yeah, the Jair Alexander stuff, I am curious because a part of me just thinks this Packers defense could be due for a bad game. I don't know how long they can keep this up. So yeah. that I don't know if I'm going to bet the Packers plus nine and a half just yet. <laughs> right. Keep their own defense off the field. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's the divisional round edition of Trend or Truth. Shall we zig when others are zagging? Coming up on the BetQL oh Network. God. Betting trends are everywhere. 89% have the bets at the under. So is it just a trend? You could try to zig when everyone else is zagging and go the other way on some of these. <laughs> or is there some truth behind those numbers? They're going to play the Chiefs. They're going to play the Chargers. Eagles. This schedule's brutal. It's time to find out. It's trend or truth on BetQL Daily. <laughs> presented by BetMGM. As if the I wasn't sick group. enough. <laughs> right. Just wait, people. Just wait. Yes. You'll, you'll, you'll see. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. P playing that open in my head. It's, you know, tons of fun. Nightmares. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. It is Trend or Truth Time Divisional Round Edition. And uh, during the break, Joe, you brought up something very interesting when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, that may lend itself to some live betting opportunities. Well, yeah, we we were joking about how if uh, the Packers find themselves up late in the game, like you just got to take it all and 
pour it in, pour it on the Packers, right? Because <laughs> under Shanahan, when the Niners are trailing by eight or more in the fourth quarter, might surprise some, the record is 0-39. Like, I'm wow. sure it's a bad record for a lot of teams, a lot of coaches in that scenario, down eight or more in the fourth quarter. But once in a while, you have some sort of a comeback, right? And eight is yeah. still a one-score game. But no, not the case. Has ne- has never come back uh, as a Niner head coach. Like, what's Andy Reid's record? You know, I'd be curious right. mm-hmm. to know what his is. Um, gosh, so against what? the Bills, good. Shanahan- yeah, does Shanahan just uh like lose it? Can't figure out how to cook something up because mentally he's just you panicking know, that they're down. I don't know what to make of this. Okay, here here's a theory that I have, and, and I'd love to know what you guys think. I think when it comes to the beginning of a game, the scripted mm-hmm. plays, I right. think that's more on the head coach. It's all about preparation, all about the matchups, all of that stuff. But I think as the game progresses, now, like, at halftime, yes, you can make adjustments, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to, like, the fourth quarter and crunch time, I think that's more on the quarterback than it is, say, the head coach. Like, yes, you can call different plays, you know, all your wrinkles, all that stuff. But at some point, the quarterback has to get a little heroic. And I do wonder if that record is more a reflection of the lack of heroicism of 49ers quarterbacks because I mean that's been the knock against this 49ers offense for a long time under Kyle Shanahan right like Jimmy G like can he do it outside of this system can all these other backups do it outside of that system what is Brock Purdy is he a good quarterback or is he in a really really gifted situation like that's the thing that we've been debating all season long and I wonder in the fourth quarter, if you need a quarterback who can just come through and lift everybody. And the 49ers have never really had that. And it's an example as such with this record. Jumping in front, more on coaches, late game comebacks, more players. That, yeah. I mean, it's not like a hundred to nothing. It's not black and white, yeah. but no, I, know. I, I lean in that direction. Yeah. No, that actually makes sense to me. Like even last week, I was looking at him like, Casey got out to that lead. I'm like, yep, there's read on the script. Like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. With with the good coaches, we're used to that. Like we see that early early on um, with the quality quarterbacks, the usually the head head coach slash play callers. Like we even saw with McVay, like, okay, boom, we're going to answer on the script early on. So, you know, the Lions – they had a great first half, but then they did nothing in the second half. So right. I, I want to see how they respond this week, if they can put that full game together. And, and who do we trust with the Lions? It's right. Ben Johnson. It's Dan ben Campbell. Johnson. Not so much Jared Goff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, Ed. I, I could definitely mm-hmm. see that being the case with the 49ers in the past with those quarterbacks. I like that correlation there. I, I right. did have and- a sheet. A Shanahan trend or truth, like in okay. addition to, to that to that mention, I want to see it just popped in my head. I'm curious what you guys think. Now, usually in this segment, we're talking about extremes, like something that hits at a very high rate, right? This one jumped out to me because it's quite the opposite. Okay, it's just middle of the road. So Shanahan, ten plus days off, 
It's talked about a week, extra rest, Shanahan prepping, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 10 plus days off. Straight up, eight and eight against the spread, eight and eight. Hmm. That's not the perception. So with all this extra time to prepare, the record says he's a he's average. He's a middle of the road guy. Is that trend or truth? Because like we know Reed with extra time, you know some of the other guys with extra time, like they're awesome. Right. And then Shanahan's just as flip a coin. Gosh, I I don't know what to make. I guess you just can't play too much into the rest and extra time thing. Like you just got to factor that out of your handicapping then because I you would think it would help, right? But like I was saying with the Ravens, sometimes I feel like I've seen it doesn't help and there's just sometimes those weird situations where you're like, "Whoa, this is not what I was expecting." And maybe that's more likely to happen <laughs> with the Niners. For whatever reason. I also think the 49ers have had really high expectations for a long time now to where mm-hmm. those spreads probably have been exaggerated and they're taking on inferior competition where everyone is just assuming they're going to absolutely decimate them. So it would be interesting if, say, I'm looking at the margin of victory. Like, okay, were they 10-point spreads and they won by eight? Well, it's a loss but it was still a really impressive game and the number was just too high. Like it's not necessarily a knock against him ATS. It may be more about, okay, were these expectations too ridiculous to begin with? Because I I do agree with the idea that like you should give a team with rest a bump. I think that's fine. And especially with the 49ers, I absolutely would as well. Uh, At the same time, like that bump should probably be getting smaller and smaller because teams know how to medically take care of themselves from one game to the next if they are on back-to-back weeks. So rest matters, and it's a good thing, but it means less and less as we continue to progress with technology and science and all that good stuff. But but it was also 8-8 straight up. That's the surprising part to me. Like that, yeah. what you said makes sense, and it's Shanahan, so people maybe give an extra point when they shouldn't, something like that. Mm-hmm. But the straight-up part was surprising to me. Could hmm. could it also just go back to, like, Ed's point about the quarterbacks? In Like, if you don't have a solid quarterback, Garoppolo. maybe just not as reliable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Sure. We're, we're a very anti-Jimmy G show all of a sudden today. Like, this is kind of fun. Like, <laughs> He's never had great, <laughs> but, like... Middle guy, guy. He's always had middle guys, right? That's what right, he's always yeah. had, for the most part. Injuries. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, th- there's a reason why. Like, what is it? The only team without a first round quarterback in these playoffs. Like, it kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Shanahan's just that much better than everybody else, and so in that respect, like, I understand like why it is what it is. Um, we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson, one and nine ATS as favorites of seven or more points. That to me is, is certainly intriguing. Also too, uh, since 2003, and this is from, uh, John Ewing, our friend teams off a of buy in the divisional round have gone 32, 41 and one or 44% ATS per bet labs. Ravens are massive favorites. 49ers are massive favorites. Uh, but if you go by the record, would suggest that maybe taking a flyer on the dog is the right thing to do. Uh, but is this a trend or truth? Yeah, that's it's Lamar. Like Lamar trends. 
it's not one right as a heavy favorite that's big what's mm-hmm. the one he covered what's the one cover in the last three years as a favorite oh, of more than a touchdown oh, week one against houston mm. it's this matchup same point spread that we had back then um the extra rest thing 12 days or more one and six against the spread <sighs> playoffs one and three straight up and against the spread like <laughs> are is anybody fading lamar based on trends i guess Based on trends, no. I've liked the Texans all week long just because I've always been on the Texans and I'm not going to back down now. And I love the way they're playing. They've got a defensive coach. I like the matchup. And it's just a big number. And that's probably why the the one of those trends that uh, Ed threw out, what was it, 44% ATS yeah. off a of buy, something like that. Like, it's probably because they're a, it's a big number too. And it's just... You know, whoever's the favorite is kind of in a tough position. And that's kind of how I feel now. Like, I almost, like, think you could make a pretty strong case for every dog this weekend to cover. Um, I Yeah, I like the Texans plus nine and a half a lot. Interesting. I think it's, I think it's trend. I think they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're trendy as opposed to truth. How about you, Ed? So I'll I'll make this a little bit of a teaser, but uh, Let's Be Sharper in our next segment actually deals with this idea of Lamar Jackson and this offense and what it will look like against this Texans defense. And there is reason to believe that this is a trend and not something bankable going forward. I will leave it at that, but I will explain thoroughly in the next segment when we get sharper uh, as per such things. Okay. So... That's where I stand as far as uh, this is concerned. Um, Aaron, what's something that you see uh, when it comes to, you know, some trends that kind of stand out here? Yeah, I had copied um, some from our good friend Joe Osborne into the rundown. So let's see. 11 of San Francisco's uh, 12 wins this season were by double digit so if you think they're gonna you know cover you know they've done it before would you you know is this something that you would factor into your handicapping uh the 49ers 13 and 2 ats in their last 15 home games played in january as well Mm -hmm. hmm i I mean, the 49ers are really good. Like like I mentioned yesterday, like all these different position groups that I think are top five uh, still standing in the playoffs, whether it's the, the pass catchers or the secondary, mm-hmm. when you've got linebackers who are phenomenal in coverage, all of that stuff. Like, I do wonder, like we focus so much on Brock Purdy and it's it's a very interesting football conversation. But you look at the rest of this team, I wonder if they are just that much better than previous iterations of the 49ers because most everybody's healthy, most everybody's playing at a really high level, and regardless of what you think of Purdy, this is a really good situation to be in uh, offensively and defensively. So in that respect, like if this is a really high-scoring game, which I am expecting, yeah, the 49ers can win by double digits, but it doesn't mean that the Packers had a bad showing. Like if this is a 36-26 kind of a game – Green Bay can still look great, but they didn't cover the number. Yeah, but like the final score made the Dallas game look closer than it was, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could have something like that, 
where yeah. San Francisco controls the entire game, gets out to a huge lead, and then Green Bay ends up doing their part because the Niners' defense let them. Like, they didn't care. The game was over. Right. They were just trying to bleed that clock a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're right about the scoring. Like, that's that's where I'm at. Um, as opposed to playing the side, I think that's the route to go. I mean, maybe I kind of want to look at San Francisco first half. Like, these big favorites in the first half. I I don't think those are the worst looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Playing from behind, and a lot of these quarterbacks are capable of putting up some big yeah. Love and Stroud. Like what yeah. you said, how many quarterbacks are hotter than these guys right now? And then you're and giving them 9-10. That's why the passing leader, whether it's the entire playoffs or even this weekend, I'm like, man, flip a coin. Any of these guys are capable. <laughs> Maybe Lamar I might pass on because right. he's, you know, he can run it, but I don't know. That's it's a tough one. This one is um, also by uh, our friend Joe Osborne. The trend: the Chiefs have gone under the second half total in sixteen of eighteen games this season. I don't know uh, why that surprised me. I, yeah, I. Mm, it, it makes sense Better because defense? this offense has just been so bad for so. I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, like this, this is just a knock against these receivers. Like even Travis Kelsey has not played up to his standard. Rasheed Rice has been the only guy where you go, okay, I can see an uptick for him. Like he could be something special down the road. I don't even say that for anybody else right now. And I think that's just apparent with the second half. I think it's more truth than it is anything else because who do you trust? Like how many second halves can we remember where the Chiefs were just pulling away? I mean, there was one game against the Raiders, like that first meeting, not the second one, just the first one. So that's kind of where I am. The Bears game, they gave up. Like, they won They won in the first half. It was over. They had, like, five touchdowns or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. so the second half didn't matter. But that hasn't happened much. I think it kind of correlates with what we were saying earlier. First half yeah. or early in the game, script. <clears throat> it's on the coaches. Mm-hmm. As the game goes on, it's more on the players. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, are there coaching mismatches this weekend we should exploit? Let's be sharper. Coming up on the BetQL Network. Class is now in session. Let's start with a pop quiz, shall we? Professor Eddie Gross is here to help you with your bets. Who you play where you've played them, at what point during the season you've played them. Being able to put all of that in context is really important. Let's be sharper about this on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Uh, We're giving Joe the rest of the day off so we can uh, recoup as we get ready for Football Friday uh, tomorrow. But let's go ahead and let's be sharper here. And let's talk about personnel mismatches. And this one is a a big deal in large part because I wish I could have told the Dallas Cowboys about personnel mismatches uh, because countering the personnel that you see matters a great deal to winning football games. And 
when the Green Bay Packers were studying uh, the Cowboys defense, they saw how often they go to dime packages. That's six defensive backs. And even against 12 personnel or two tight end formations, Cowboys ran a dime defense on 63% of plays. That's the most in the NFL. So when you do counter 12 with a dime package, you are too small. You are facing a heavier offensive look. And you can't really stop whatever the offense is trying to do. And the Packers are more than comfortable in 12 personnel. In Sunday's wild card game, they were in such situations on 48.1% of plays. That's averaging 8.6 yards per play and totaling three touchdowns. So this is cool. But the obvious question is, are there personnel mismatches that we can forecast for this weekend's playoff games? Is there a coaching mismatch that we can exploit? And I think I found one between the Ravens and the Texans. It starts with Baltimore's versatility. In fact, this season, the Ravens had the second most diverse personnel groupings. So let's discuss when the Ravens are specifically in 21 personnel. That's two running backs, one tight end. They pass out of 21 personnel on 34% of plays. Lower rate in the NFL, but consider this. The Texans play a base defense on 76% of such plays when they're facing 21 personnel. It's only four defensive backs. This matters here because the Ravens can either just overpower the Texans with the run game if they think that's the matchup to exploit, or if they see four defensive backs out of 21, they've got some running backs who are fantastic pass catchers, and they can exploit just four defensive backs in terms of chucking it deep, Lamar Jackson being a passer, and they're able to win that way. So I do think when it comes to the different looks that the Ravens could do offensively, that they will have an advantage against this Texans pass defense and maybe even the run defense if they're able to fool them just enough because of all these different looks that they are capable of doing and being successful with. But let's also talk about props, shall we? Because we also care about that a great deal. When it comes to the highest passer rating, when targeted out of 21 personnel, that's a minimum of five targets, number three on this list, Mark Andrews at 144.4. At number seven, Zay Flowers, 129.3. This season for Andrews, 12 catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown. For Flowers, 14 catches, 201 yards, and two scores. While I know there are injury concerns with both targets, if they are out there, they are active and they are healthy enough, I do believe they will be targets when out of 21 personnel. I will be looking closely at their receiving props and I would be more than comfortable, again, if they're healthy, to go over those numbers. So Aaron, when we think about these different personnel groupings that the Ravens can use, that versatility, but also the fact that Andrews and Flowers when healthy could be really important when it comes to the passing game, what's your reaction to this analysis? Yeah, well, my reaction without having any time to really look anything up was, you know, what happened in the first time they played this season? Because we know the mm -hmm. Texans are better and obviously they've got a defensive head coach. So you've got to like that maybe... He, that'll be somewhat of an advantage compared to other opponents the Ravens have faced and maybe in-game adjustments and how they could handle this. But I am curious sure. to see, I was just about to look up like how Zay Flowers did in that first matchup and then maybe compare his prop to what it's listed at now and see if maybe you could find any kind of advantage or edge there, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, and, and when we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. 
his receiving yards right now, it's 50 and a half or 51 and a half. There's even a 49 and a half out there. Um, do they even have Mark Andrews listed? Yeah, they do. Mm. Not for not for receiving though. Uh okay. They do have an anytime touchdown at plus 120. Um, but yeah, I think I would just maybe look at uh Zay Flowers, for example, his game log, and then see how he did and see if maybe you can find a good number there that makes sense nine catches 78 yards in the first meeting there you go the ravens and that might be someone you're looking at an over right exactly like yeah this was his first game in the national football league and he was lighting up the world by storm he was one of the reasons why like i think you know some of us thought that he could be offensive rookie of the year just because the ravens were just oh so desperate to have a wide receiver one i mean you know this like they just really struggled to find someone who could consistently be there for them and we figured okay Mm -hmm. flowers you know great scouting report you know know, great combine numbers all that stuff or great draft profile more accurately and you go okay if he can be that wide receiver one for the ravens if that's all that they're missing well that means baltimore can be really elite but then also flowers will get a lot of attention now turns out he wasn't in the race for offensive rookie of the year but certainly in this matchup it was good for him and i wouldn't be surprised if it's good for him again these playoffs yeah i love that how many what was his receptions you said eight nine receptions 78 yards wow and his prop is at four and a half receptions interesting Mm. yeah that's and and it's not exactly like they're working in other guys right i I know like why are the books expecting zay flowers with maybe because of mark andrews but this seems like something Mm -hmm. i want to hit now the four and a half over is even money at bet mgm i almost like that better than his i know than his yards i like both and it's something too where like if they're passing out of that personnel and it's just four dbs like you don't necessarily have to throw it deep like that's not necessarily the idea because you still have three linebackers working uh who will definitely be in coverage exactly but like just a little deacon dunk in that situation where you're forcing everyone to tackle in the open field like i wouldn't be opposed to that and i think that makes a lot of sense like use the reception number not necessarily the yards because maybe these are this is just you know more of a not monotonous but a more conservative offense out of 21 personnel but it's still something you can exploit because the texans won't exactly know how to match up with that even though they played each other you know earlier this year mm-hmm. yeah so was there any other props that you would be looking at after this research or any other games mm-hmm this weekend that maybe this could be applied to or that we're close. I know this is probably the strongest since you highlighted it, but any, right. anything else there? There weren't too many others. And when we talked about coaching mismatches uh, with say Brad Spielberger yesterday, it, it didn't seem like that there was that one thing unlike with the Cowboys and the Packers. And it was something that I think we overlooked in large part because, well, the Cowboys defense is just really good. Micah Parsons can do anything and everything. So it doesn't matter that they're running dime all the time, regardless of whatever personnel the offense is uh, you know, putting out there. But at, at the same time, like this one really stood out. 
uh, more than anything else because the Ravens are so diverse. Whereas with some of these other offenses, it's more like what you see is what you get. Like they're not necessarily going to manipulate things all that much just for this particular matchup, even with a team like, say, the 49ers, where they do get versatile. They do get creative, like with the fullback Kyle Juszczyk, things like that. But this also feels like a Green Bay defense where you can be very predictable and still be effective because it is a Joe Barry coach Packers defense, just like we've talked about all the time. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that, if they mm-hmm. regress or maybe they figured something out against the Cowboys and can keep this up, but uh, For sure. obviously a <laughs> big underdog. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So how about we move on? uh, Because we did have some other NFL news uh, discussed uh, while we've been on the air. And that is that Reba McIntyre will be the singer for the national anthem for the upcoming Super Bowl. And of course, that Mm -hmm. means that betters will be clamoring to find a time they can probably go over for and bet on. And from Jason Logan from Covers.com, when it comes to average Super Bowl national anthem time, because he's always prepared for everything. Going back to the Super Bowl played in 2000, the average length of the national anthem is 115.4 seconds, uh, or 1 minute 55 seconds. That's over the past 31 renditions. Only 11 11 of those anthems went longer than two minutes. However, six of those have come in the past Super Bowls. So it is possible that this is just going to get longer and longer. Like last year with Chris Stapleton, it was more than two minutes. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan, Eric Church went 216, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So when it comes to Reba McIntyre, what do we think will happen with this rendition? I don't know. I'm not like a country expert, but I tend to think that it might be a little slower. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like they all put their own spin on it, too. I'm thinking it might be pretty close to like what the average is. I don't think it's going to be. This is just like, you know, reacting live to this. I'm thinking maybe it's not super slow, but not super fast. Like it might be pretty Mm -hmm. close to the average is what I'm thinking with her. probably a sharp number regardless that's that may be how this works out like trust the books that they know what they're doing here i i wonder too like the more of a legendary status you have achieved i wonder if there is more forgiveness when it comes to going over like country music singers maybe they naturally go over just because of of the the tone and all of that but also too if you can milk it because you've earned that, and Reba certainly earned that, I wonder if that means we're going to get an over just because she's going to find ways to elongate. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Even Lady Gaga, two minutes and nine seconds. Like, that seems like someone who's like, listen, I can do whatever <laughs> I want here. We're not going to speed things up. You're on my time, okay? <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't know Adina Menzel sang this in 2015. Where have I been? Maybe I didn't know who that was, and then I learned later in life. I don't know. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up, Ian Hardit shares his favorite prop plays for Divisional Weekend. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.